other mistake that people make um, when it comes to investing because they hear people say, if you get life insurance, you can invest at the same time. Biggest mistake we make, folks, is they selling you, you your own bank. How can you be your own bank if you can't regulate? And then they telling you, you can borrow some money from that, that insurance policy. Think about this. If you borrow that money, whose money are you borrowing? Your own. But if yeah. you borrow something, you got to do what? Pay it back. Pay it back. And if you got to pay it back, they're going to charge you what on top of that? Interest. interest. On whose money? Your yeah. own. Now, yeah. you probably thought that out loud. Does that make sense? Heck no. It gets even worse. If you don't pay it back, the death claim that you have, they subtract it from that for your beneficiaries because you didn't pay that money back. But whose money did you pay back? Yours. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Last but not least, it gets even worse. So they say in a commercial, wait, there's more. If you never touch the savings, if your death claim is 150, and let's say you saved up 100,000, now you die, your family have a decision to make. They can take the 150 or they can take the 100. Which one you think they're going to take? The 100, of course. Guess what happens to the, I mean, 150. Guess what happens to the 100,000? They keep it. So they're only giving your family 50,000 because 100 is your own money. That's not an investment, folks. Don't do it. Hey, 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 family, this is Che Willis coming back with another episode of Wealth is a Journey podcast. Guys, we're in the new year. We're talking about uh, new and, and bigger and better things on this podcast. And uh, today we have a very special guest. But before I introduce this guest, uh, if you are new to this podcast, um, uh, if you're watching for the first time, just like to thank you if you have uh, liked, shared, or subscribed to this podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you as well. We are moving. We are shaking out here. Uh, we have an exciting guest today. We got my man, Kev Washington. He's my frat brother. He's my golfing buddy. And he's rich. And not only that, <laughs> not only that, he is a financial advisor um, and, uh, I bought him on here today because I talked to a bunch of different people, um, throughout the year. And the, the common theme is once you get your budget together, um, and you take the fear out of budgeting first, now you have to direct your money on where to go. And, um, I bought him on here today to talk about investing and uh, where that can take you and lead you into the future. Because you're not, when you're investing, you're not investing for today. You're investing for the future. So your future self is going to thank you for the decisions that you make today. So Kev, um, this is his second time being on uh, Wealth is a Journey, and uh, he's a vet now. And so I'd just like to thank him for, for coming back. So Kev, if you don't mind just introducing yourself, um, you know, who you are again and, and uh, what you do, how long you've been with the company you've been at and, uh, and let's go. Cool. I'm Kevin Washington. I, uh, been in this industry for 25 years, going on 26 in a couple of months. And I got introduced to the whole financial industry as a client. Somebody, my choir director referred to financial planner to come sit down with my wife and I to go over some of the basic concepts we probably talk about today. Uh, just to learn about money. Now, I grew up born and raised in North Philadelphia. Now, I didn't know anything about money. My parents didn't know anything, so they couldn't teach me. But what I did know just by watching TV is that wealthy people have financial planners. 
And if I wanted to get to with that particular point, I should listen to the same people they were listening to. And when they sat down and went over these concepts, I thought they were very easy to understand, so much so that I thought it was common sense. It just wasn't common knowledge. I wasn't exposed to it. So I fell in love with what he was teaching me. He offered me a position to come work with him just so I can learn about money. And it just kept getting bigger. I fell in love with the concept of helping more people understand what I was learning. I went on vacation. I never went back to work. So this is all I've been doing ever since is just teaching folks, uh, mainly middle-income families, how to win at the money game. Because we're making more than we've ever made before. People just don't know how to build generational wealth. And this time of year, in January, most people start setting financial goals and physical goals. And you go into that gym, it's crowded right now. Come February, you can shoot a cannon through it, it's gone. So yes, we want to take this financial goal and we want to set it on target for the rest of this year, as uh, long as you just put some of the things into place that we talk about today. Beautiful, man. Um, and you said you said something earlier, uh, just a minute ago, that um, I think we need to start there. You said that you had a conversation with a financial planner um, in the very beginning, and you had no clue on what to do. Your parents never taught you. And I think that that is where we need to start. Your parents never taught you. So therefore, what he was talking about was pretty foreign, correct? I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew how to save money. But I yeah. didn't know where to save it, right? I knew about credit. My they, my parents told me about credit, so I never had bad credit. But I didn't know how to build generational wealth because they didn't know how to build generational wealth. They just knew how to keep me afloat because they stayed afloat. Uh, and when they taught me this, I went right back to them to teach them what the guy taught me. And my parents have an unbelievable lifestyle as, as in retirement because that guy showed me something. I went right back to teach my parents, and they were willing to listen. That's awesome, man. And so my question is, um, how did you get over the fear of that new thing? Um, I know some people are different. Like, I, I feel like probably me and you are pretty similar. Like you see somebody doing something that you achieve or you that you aspire to be like or have financial goals. And, and this person's doing this. You're like, OK, well, how did he do that? OK, cool. Now I got it. I'm going to copy what he did. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who want to do well and they see the person doing well, but they have a fear of doing something different. You know what I'm saying? I do. So how and did you get over that fear of doing something different that, that you saw? The education piece. Most people don't do things different because they're not educated on what that difference is. Instead of them just saying that person got there and they don't know how they got there or somebody got there, they don't really know how to explain it this person was able to explain to me how to get to that other place. He showed me what I've done so far and where I was because I did that. But if I would have done something else, he showed me where I would have been by doing the exact same stuff. So it just made common sense to make that adjustment that I could have made previously to be in a different place. And that's why we're in a different place now because we've done something different. They always say, if you want things that people have, then you do what they do, right? You just can't get there. You got to do what they do. But the education piece is huge. And we're going to hopefully get into some of that about to make it really simple so you can understand how that wealth building journey starts. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of already know the answer to this, but some people are new uh, to uh, wealth building or, you know, wealth is a journey podcast. So what would you say the number one thing that people need to do if this is new to them to start building wealth? What do you think? What, what would you say in your position? Start small, 
get comfortable with it, right? I mean, you can't eat an elephant with one bite. You take little chunks, right? So you Correct. start off small, you get comfortable with it. And before you know it, it'll start growing and growing and growing. You'll start eliminating some other responsibilities that you didn't have. Don't just splurge when you got that freed up money. Take it and pay yourself. I mean, I believe in tithing. I don't know if the whole organization, but I believe in tithing. So after tithing, you got to pay yourself first. Pay yourself yep. is like it's a bill. Then you go do all that other stuff. That's your first step. Okay. Okay. And then where do we where do we move to after that? Um, what what investment vehicles would you would you recommend? Would you recommend like uh once you get your money set aside, mutual funds, uh ETFs, single stocks, what what would you um what would you recommend? Well, for somebody that's starting out, uh, I'm definitely, you I mean you you got three buckets. You got your short term, which is your savings checking account to pay your bills out, right? That's, nothing should be anything else out, out in there except that. And we're gonna talk about that when I uh go into the illustration. And then you wanna have that uh that midterm fund, like if you're saving for a vacation, if you're saving for a new home, something like four or five years, you don't wanna be as aggressive, but way more aggressive than you are just putting your money in a, a check in a savings account where you're paying your bills out. And then I'd start with mutual funds. The mutual funds are uh, opposed to stocks because they give you more leverage. When you invest in a mutual fund, you take in your $1 and invest it in a bunch of different companies at one time, opposed to putting money in a stock where if that stock does well, you do well. But if it does bad, then you do bad, right? So all your eggs are in one basket. So mutual fund is kind of like the mall. You got a bunch of different companies that's put together to make up one fund. Just like mm -hmm. if you have Macy's in a mall, if Macy's go bankrupt, would the mall shut down? Absolutely not. If you're the mall manager, you will go replace it with something else. And that's what mutual fund managers do. They manage those stocks inside that fund to help you win. Can they guarantee it? Absolutely not. But they're a lot smarter than you and I because that's all they do. Just like you go to the doctor to get fixed, the mutual fund, that's all they do. So yeah. their job is to help you win. And we'll talk about that as well. Absolutely, man. And 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 I, I you're here again to encourage people to to at least start and to kind of find out uh what's making them uncomfortable so they can get in the game. Mm -hmm. Because um I feel like fear for me specifically has stopped me from um being further ahead than I was. Mm -hmm. Uh the my, my number one fear uh after we got married and things of that nature, like a few years into our, our marriage, I was scared to have my wife and I's um, income combined. Mm -hmm. But what I'll tell you is once I got over the fear and I did it, like we were able to go so much further together. And I talk about this all the time on this, on this platform, because yeah. there are a lot of people that I talk to that do budgets and so forth that their, their monies are separate, but that's, that's tied to fear, right? But once you get over the fear of doing something, you realize that it's not that bad. You didn't die. And then for this one specifically that I'm talking about with my wife and I, that mm -hmm. we were able to do so much more and accomplish so much more together. So today we're trying to get over the fear of investing. And um, so with me specifically, Kev, I did mutual funds, right? I invested in um, an IRA I just put five thousand dollars in there. This was maybe twenty sixteen, right? And this is going to tie into what I'm going to ask you next. Um, I, then I did some uh, a five twenty nine for my son. I put the five grand in there, but the but the the mutual funds I did for my son, I I invested. My wife and I invested a few hundred bucks 
every month religiously it, it didn't stop and now we're to the point where we uh where we're almost done funding it because he's gonna be fine going to school what he has now he's only in uh seventh grade now mm -hmm. but with, the, with the ira i let the money sit and then now it's double what it was i just let the money sit and with dividends and growth in the funds just that alone just so just think if i had continued to invest in that so I know you on the last episode, you talked about the rule of 72 mm -hmm. and and having your money compound. So I want you to, if you don't mind, to uh, talk to the people about that specifically, about how they could be um, increasing their net worth, increasing their wealth and, and things of that nature based on um, consistently investing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mind if I share my screen? Absolutely. Go ahead. OK, this way you guys can see some stuff. So here's one of the biggest mistakes people make while I pull this up is spending their money incorrectly. Right. So, uh, for example, let me say, uh, let me see if I can pull this up a little bit. So, for, for example, people, when they pay, to, <clears throat> they get an income tax return. And we're at that point, particular point right now. So people don't think that they have money to do it. Am I frozen? No, you're good. I can see. You. Okay. So people, people, they 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 get an income tax return and they feel really good about that. Like they're starting to save and accumulate money. One of the biggest challenges is we put money in the wrong places. For instance, let's say I had a bank and we call it the funny money bank. Every mm -hmm. time you got paid, you put money in my bank. You can only take it out once a year. But when I give it back to you, I give you back a 0% return, right? Would you put your money in the bank like that? Absolutely not. And you can ask your, 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 your viewers, they wouldn't either, right? But that's what, that's what we do with our income tax return. Every time you get paid, there's money going into the bank. I mean, going into, going into the government. The only mm -hmm. way you get that money back is when you file taxes, which is once a year. And then when they give it back to you, they give you a 0% return on it, right? Here's mm -hmm. the bigger question. Why do you think the government is giving you back a refund? Because you overpaid. You overpaid. And most people don't say that. Most people don't see that. They just know that they get in the income tax return. So what I do is I show people how to get that money up front. For instance, if the government is giving you guys back $5,000 every year, that means that you overpaid by $5,000. And most people are happy. I got $5,000. And what do they do with it? Spend it. They spend it. They're going on vacation. They're doing some renovations around the house or they're paying off some bills that they accumulated because they didn't have the money in their paycheck. Yeah. But if you took that same 5000 and you divide that by 12 because it's 12 months in a year, that means you're giving the government, folks, $416 every month for no reason at all. So if you had that 416 every month and you just put it in the bank, now at the end of the year, you have $5,000, but the bank's going to give you what on top of that? Interest. On whose money? Yours. Exactly. So now you're making money off your money instead of giving it to the government where they're holding on to it and giving you back zero. Here's what most wealthy people do, folks. They write a check at the end of the year. They get their money up front, make money off of it, and pay the government exactly what's owed to them instead of looking for a refund. So your first homework assignment is to get your money up front. So now you ain't got to worry about extra money coming out of your pocket. You can take the same money you've been giving to the government and you can start investing with that.
right? So it's no, no, no extra money out of your pocket. And this thing called the Rule of 72, it basically taught us to become in a, uh, a bracket that we never dreamed of outside of being an athlete and an entertainer. Yeah. And the Rule of 72 pretty much states it shows how fast your money is going to double. You take the interest rate that you're getting on your money, divide it into 72, and that determines how fast it doubles. Like in that funny money bank I just said, you got a 0% return. Zero divided into 72 is what? Zero. Zero. That, folks, it's never going to double. It's never going to double, but that's where we put our money. But let's say Shay give you $1,000. He said, since y'all got on this call, I'm going to give y'all $1,000. But he said, you can't spend it. You got to go save it right away. Where will most people take and save that money? In the bank. The mm -hmm. average return in the bank in the United States is about 0.7. Now, I'm going to use 0.5 because it's easy math. If you take 0.5, divide that into 72, that's 144. That means it will take 144 years for your money to double. That means you got to die and come back to life. I'm married to a pastor. That ain't going to happen to me, right? <laughs> it's not going to happen. But that's where most people put their money. But we're yeah. going to use 3% because when we were younger, we were getting 4 5 6% return on the savings account. Those days are gone. But some online banking right now, so far, you get like 3 4%. So you can go get it. Most people just don't know where to go get it at, and they want a brick and mortar building, so they don't want to do it online. But if you got 3%, 3 divided into 72 is 24. That means that $1,000 would double in 24 years. So in 24 years, the $1,000, folks, would double to $2,000. 24 years later, at 48, you have $4,000. Now at 72, you got a whopping $8,000. Can we retire off of that? Absolutely not. That's where we put our money. Why? Because we talked about earlier. That's what our parents taught us. If that's all they know, that's all they can teach us. And if that's all we know, that's all we teach in the next generation. Until somebody break that curse. Now all of you guys are going to be able to break that curse. Let's say you're a little smarter and you went to a CD. Now CDs don't get 6% right now. They're closer to 2-3%. Not a lot. But would you rather get 2-3% or that 0 point something in the bank? I'm sure it's 2-3%. But the main reason people don't put money in the CD because it's locked in there for a period of time. And if we take it out too soon, what happens? There's a penalty. Everybody knows that. But the penalty, folks, is normally not on your money. The penalty is on the interest you are going to make, meaning if you took $1,000, you put it in a 12-month CD. If you take it out in six months, the $1,000 goes back in your pocket. You don't lose anything. They're just not going to give you that interest that they promised you because you didn't leave the money in there as long as you promised. But your worst case scenario is you get your money back. You ain't making any money in the checking and savings account anyway. So if they took some of the interest off, they're going to bring you right back where you would have been if you'd have been over there. But if you don't need it, you're going to make a little bit more money, right? So six going to 72, 12 times. Now that same $1,000 is doubling every 12 years, which doubles to 2000 to 4000 Look at this. At 36, we got $8,000. Same amount of money, but in half the amount of time, all because we made a smarter decision. Take it all the way out to 72, 16, 32, $64,000. Now, can we retire off of that? No. But is it a lot better than that 8000 Absolutely. But look at the top. I didn't take any extra money out of your pocket. All we did was get smarter. This is what I love what I do. I show people how to get a 12% or more return on their money. Now, legally, since I'm from North Philly, legally, where can I take your money and get a 12% return? Shay talked about that earlier, like mutual funds and stocks, things of that nature. Now, 
Is it a guarantee? Absolutely not. But I can guarantee you this. If you go look at your 401k plan now, your 457, your 403b, all it is is a bunch of mutual funds, as I explained earlier. There's some funds in there right now that's getting better than 12%. You don't know because the company says, here's your packet. You go home and read it. And if we don't understand it, we don't know how to take advantage of it. But some of the other folks do because somebody taught them how to understand that. Now, that 12% is the maximum by law I can illustrate. So, because I'm licensed. But one, so the market's going to go up and down. One year it might be up 30%. You're very happy. The next year it might drop back down 15%. You're not so happy. And that's what people get scared. But 30 minus 15 is what? 30 minus 15 is 15. Would you rather have that 15% or that zero point something in the bank? 15. Exactly. And that's how the rich keep getting richer because they understand, folks, at the end of the day, you always win it. Case in point, I'm sure a lot of you guys heard of the Dow Jones. And it's on TV every day, right? We know it goes up and down. I'm going to take you back to when Obama was president. Let's go back to 2009. The Dow Jones was around 6,900. We know it's been up and down since then. But if I was to ask you, based on what we see on the news right now, do we think the Dow Jones is higher than 6,900 or lower than 6,900? What do you think most people are going to say? They're probably going to say it's lower. It's lower, right? hundred, Like 98% people say lower because yeah. we don't pay attention. But watch this, folks. The Dow Jones is around 36,000. 6,900, 36,000. There's more millionaires than ever before because they took that run and a lot of us miss it, but not anymore because y'all on this wealth journey with the uh, wealthisajourney.com, right? Y'all on this journey. So we're going to yes. get you to a different place. So now 12 going to 72, six times. That means your money is going to double every six years. Keep in mind, this is the max. Now we put our money in the bank and we got 3%. We ended up with 8,000. If I double that to 6%, we ended up with 64,000. Now I'm going to double it to 12%. Common sense would say we're going to end up with 128000 because that's simple math. But this is called compounding interest. Albert Einstein said this is the most powerful force in the universe. This, Just like your money doubles against you when you go put stuff on credit, it's going to work for you when you take advantage of the global economy. So 12 going to 72 six times, that means your money is doubling every six years. So that doubles to 2000 to 4000 8 16 32 64 Here's that 128, which doubles to a quarter of a million, to a half a million, to a million, to two million, to four million dollars off that one-time investment of one grand. Imagine if our grandparents would have done something like this, where would we be? Imagine if our parents would have done something like that, where would we be? Right? If you got a million dollars saved up and just got a 10% return on that every single year, that's a hundred thousand dollars coming into your household sleeping. I call it pajama money, right? You make that just off an of investments you make. Now, you ain't got to make a ton of money to be a millionaire. You just got to do the right things with the excess money that you have. Instead of going out and buying all designer stuff, feed yourself. Feed yourself. Listen, this is how our kids get to college. This is how they get off to a quick start because we do the things right now and we will be leaving behind. A coat, a car. This is generational wealth, right? And that's biblical, leaving something for your children and your children's children. So this is this is the main thing I teach my, my clients and if now that you understand this, now that you're educated, the fear is gone. So you either can keep your money in this 3% or you can put it in 12%. What do you think most people want to put their money after that? 12%. 12%. It's a win-win. 
There's no extra money out of their pocket. All they did was reallocate the same money that they were already saving so now they can become wealthy instead of making the the, 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 uh, the banks rich. They got the helicopter pad at the big buildings all because, man, you, matter of fact, do you think when you give your money to the bank, they're holding on to it, wait for you to come pick it up? No. They taking over to the global economy. They got 12% and they giving you back 8,000. And you're shaking their hands saying, thank you very much. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Kev, I got a question for you. Um, sure. So let, uh, in my, in my, in my uh, case specifically, my plan was to, that the economy and the, the market was going to run in, in 2024, just based on what happened last year. Cause it kind the, uh, the market was way down, right? I think the S and P was close to like 38,000 or, or might've been around 38,000 at, at one point, but now it's, it's way up. I thought that this like right now until probably the end of 2024, the market was going to run, but it started running in the mid to end of 2023. If people feel like they missed out, do you think in your professional opinion that they've missed out on that run? Absolutely of, of, not. Of running again. Absolutely not. It's, listen, it, the, the wealthy people never ever going to let that thing stay down forever. You can't find a period in history, in history, over a 10-year period that the market has not averaged 10%. 2002, market crashed. 2008, the market crashed. But any 10-year period around that, from 2000 to 2010, 2001 to 2011, any period, it still averaged 10%. Now, if you want money next year, don't put it in the market. But if you're saving for your kids' college education, if you're saving for retirement, you want to take advantage of it. We have some products right now for people in retirement, that no matter what the market does, they get a 6% bump. And it's the daily step up. So let's say the market is up 10% tomorrow. And then it drops back down 20% the next day. Mm. Once it reached that point of 10%, it locks it in. And if it goes up another hump, bump, it gets bumped up again. Right? It's some things that's been out there for a long time in retirement that you can get guaranteed 8%. You're over 65, 65 years old. We can guarantee you 8% income off of whatever your money is. So if you got a million dollars, that's $80,000 you know that's going to come in until you die. If you die prematurely, guess what? Your kids get it. Your wife gets it. Your husband gets it, right? But if you go take a pension, here's a big mistake people make, and every company don't allow it. They go get a pension, and they say, all right, give me that monthly distribution. But if they die, what happens? The wife can get a percentage. That means you didn't take all of it. But when you die, your kids get nothing. Pinches cannot go down. They can only go laterally, right? But if you take your lump sum and create your own pension by investing it, now if you die, your wife gets it. If she dies, then your kids get it. You have total control. People don't realize that. Wow. So again, man, it, all this stuff is, is new to um, some of the listeners, right? Or some of the viewers. So in your opinion... If they're scared to put their money in the market, what do you think would be a safe way for them to still invest without necessarily having to put, say, a thousand or two thousand dollars in the market specifically? Would you recommend CDs, bonds? What would you recommend just to get them started and get them a little comfortable? Well, then you might as well go to online banking. CDs and bonds are not getting no more than what the savings accounts right now. Online banking, I mean, like. I have uh, um, uh, Barclays uh, 5% on the savings account. 
you know? So you can do some things online that you can go and bank with. You're afraid. But you don't need $1,000 to get started. That's where another mistake people think. They think they need a lot of money to get started. Mm. You can invest as little as $25 a month. That's less than a bottle of water a day. Who can't afford that? But we go buy a lot lunch every day. That's $5. That's $25 yeah. a week. That's 100 a month. So you yeah. don't have to take a lot. You don't need 1000 Let's start off small. Get that income tax money up front. Now you can start investing it because you was getting 0% from the government. We know we ain't going to get 0% over the course of the time anywhere else. Yeah, I, I no, I, I agree, man. And I'm like, once I once I kind of saw and, and the pandemic kind of forced everybody to slow down and kind of kind of take for me anyway, take inventory of what we accomplished. And I feel like um, because I was doing things, everybody else was doing it, too. And then as I started talking to people uh, about budgeting and investing and what they're doing and so forth, I realized that that wasn't the case for everybody, which is one of the reasons why Wealth as a Journey even started in the first place, because I'm like, well, I know in my heart um, that things are going to work out well for me financially just because of the things I, I set in place years ago. And first of all, it's, it's no fun winning alone, but why it's corny also to me for you to only want to be up and then you have all this information and then you're not sharing it with other people. Absolutely. I, like totally I feel agree. like you got you to share the information with, with, with other people. And, um, you know, because it's, 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 it's changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I feel like, um, just getting in the game, investing it, starting off small, man. And I talk about it all the time. Just take a step mm -hmm. because you taking a step is going to open your eyes to the, your fear was not real. And um, there's a world of possibilities out here for you to achieve the financial goals that um, that you're looking to achieve, man. Because it's, it's not going to happen by osmosis. No, like you got to get out there and you got to get to it, man. And you got to, you know, set those systems up and and things of that nature, man. So, um, yeah, that's I, I, funny you said that because it was a lady who asked me the other day. She said, "How long have you been a millionaire?" And she said, "If you're a millionaire, why do you continue to work?" I'm like, "You see people that own these athletic teams." The Lakers, the Sixers, are they millionaires? Are they multi-millionaires? Do they still work? Why? Athletes, why do they still work? They signed a contract. They don't, because they love what they do. I love teaching people about money. Because if I know one thing, if we don't teach our people about money, nobody else is going to do it. So that's my crusade is to make sure people are on the same journey, but I can do it at my leisure. Nobody tell me when to do it, when not to do it. So I love that fact, but I love teaching people how to come win. So like you, I just you got to share this information. Once you get it, you got to go share it. Bring people to this wealth, journey.com. Let them learn just like you're learning. Don't keep it to yeah. yourself. And and the thing is, it's not as hard as people think. And, and if you like, and, and that's why, again, I, I, I focus on the budget part. Because if your money's going everywhere, there's no way that you can consistently invest and make a dent. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, like the GameStop uh, error when that happened, I think that kind of messed it up for in uh, people who are coming into the investing game because they feel like, Oh, if I invest a hundred dollars and I'll just leave it there, it's going to the moon. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it doesn't work like that. Now for that specifically, it, it happened, but you can't constantly hit home runs. You just got to no. keep, keep getting on base. Is it, I use this thing called the, uh, the cow theory and it explains dollar cost averaging. 
So at your job, when you invest a certain amount of money every month, it's dollar cost averaging, meaning sometimes you buy the mutual funds when they higher and sometimes you buy them when they lower, right? So about 401k, right? 401k. Okay, okay, cool, cool. 401k, 401k, 403b, any one of those retirement plans. So I want you to stay with me on this concept, right? And I hope you guys are listening. So I call this the cow theory. So let's say I'm getting you to invest money with me. And we start off with just $100 that you just talked about. Now, the cows cost $100, but I'm saying, you know what, Jay? Let's start investing $100. So you give me $100 the first month, and the cows cost $100. How much money did you spend? 100 bucks. How many cows do you have? One. One. The next month, Oprah gets on TV and says, I'm going to be a vegetarian. I'm not eating beef at all, right? So the cost of the cows go down because everybody follows Oprah. So now the, car, the cows drop down to $50 a cow, but you're still giving me $100. So the second month, how many, how many, how, how much money did you give me total out of the two months? Uh, two hundred bucks. And how many cows now that you have? Three. You got three cows. It gets on the internet or all over social media that is a mad cow disease coming from Europe. So people say I ain't touching no beef at all. The cost of the cow go all the way down to twenty five dollars a cow, and you say, Kev, come on, what's going on? We start at hundred, now we're at one twenty five. But you believe in me, so yeah. you give me another hundred dollars. But now the cows are only $25 a cow. How many cows are you buying this month? So you're going to buy four. And how many you have total? Seven. And how much money did you give me? 300 bucks. <laughs> and you said, Kev, this is crazy, bro. But Oprah gets on TV the next month and say, I, I got to eat. This vegetarian stuff ain't for me. I got to eat me some meat. So yeah. she start eating and the people start eating beef again. So the cost of the cows start going back up. So it back up to $50 a cow. Now you buying, you give me another hundred dollars. How much money did you give me? Uh, 400 bucks. And you getting how many cows this month? So now it'll be two. And how many cows you have total? Nine. And you said, Kev, this is ridiculous. We went all the way down to 25. Next, this yo-yoing up and down. I'm, I'm giving you one more time. And I'm getting off. When it get back to where it is, I want to get my money back. So it gets on the news. Mad cow disease was fake news. So you say, all right, you give me another $100, but now the cows jump back up to $100 because that was fake news. So now you buy how many more cows this month? One. Total cows you have is what? 10. How much money did you give me? 500. <laughs> so you say, give me my money back. I want everything back that you owe me. So yeah. you gave me $500 and you have how many cows? 10. And how much is the cost of a cow now? Uh, uh, it's 100 bucks. 100 bucks. 10 cows. Time 100 is how much? That's $1,000. You gave me 500, but now you have 1,000 because you bought it while the market was doing a yo-yo, right? The education yeah. piece is key. When people understand that, they're like, okay, Kev, this makes some sense. We need to start doing something. Right, I, that, was a, that was a very, very good example, man. Because um, I've been doing that and just, just staying steady, um, just investing a specific amount every month in the market now. There are going to be times where you can't invest that specific amount because there may there may be something that comes up in your life and you got to allocate those funds somewhere else. However, put something in there. Like if you can't do a thousand this month or you can't do a hundred this month, do twenty five if that's, that's all right. you have. Do that's fifty right. if that's all you have. Um, if you can do more, do more because you'll be able to get to your goal faster. And we haven't even talked about dividends. If you're investing in stocks or mutual funds or ETFs that have dividends, then that just goes back into buying you more shares of the stock, which then compounds even more. And that's how 
uh, when I talked about earlier with um, with my IRA, how it doubled so fast because it was just going back in to buy more dividends and it was buying more shares of the of the um, of the mutual fund. And now it's doubled and I've had it since 2016 and I haven't put any more money in there. Absolutely. And here's another thing, folks. Um, not only are your dividends being reinvested and you're getting capital gains, most companies, they matching you dollar for dollar for the first three to six percent. So not only are you making money, they giving you money for free. And you know, people tell me sometimes I'm not giving them my money. No, that's your money. When you leave, you take it with you, right? So you're investing a hundred dollars, they invest in a hundred dollars. So that's two hundred dollars going into your investment. Take up at least what they matching, figure out a way how you can put that amount in there. So if they match in at 3%, by golly, you want to try to get that 3% because that's 100% return on your money before the capital gains, before dividends, you're getting 100% return right. I just showed you 12%. You're getting 100% return right away. Now, if they're not matching, then we want to look into a Roth IRA. Same concept, same doubling period. It's just when you put that money in there, you already paid taxes on it. So whatever it grows to, when you're 59 and a half and you want to take it out, Government can't touch it. It's all yours. If it's a half a million dollars, that's tax-free. If it's a million dollars, that's tax-free. And your 401k plan, you're going to get taxed on that. But if they're giving you free money, you want to take advantage of it. Absolutely. I, I, you know what? Something just popped up in my head. I was having a... At work, uh, I work in this in a little cubicle area. There's like four of us in this big cubicle, right? And I was talking to a gentleman who was uh, of another um, ethnicity. And I was just talking to him about me talking to my son about investing. Right. And he said, he's obviously of another ethnicity. He was telling me that his dad at a young age told him about investing. Hey, if, if it's just a hundred bucks, just put it in there, just put it in and you'll be, and you'll be happy. And now he's happy about it. So we have to, uh, first of all, talk to our kids about investing and so forth. But the question I had in this conversation that we had, Another um, uh, another person came into the conversation and asked me, like, hey, I have a 529 for my son. We were talking about that. And then they said, well, I heard about 529s now that you can convert them. If your son or daughter doesn't go to school, you can convert them some into an, an IRA. I don't know about that. And I don't know if you heard about that. So I just wanted to ask you while we were while we yeah, it's called it's like a it's a backdoor IRA. Um, they can you're going you're going to pay your taxes on it at that particular point, but you won't get any penalties. The other thing you can do is pass it down from one child to the other. So if you got one child, they got money, they get a scholarship, or they don't want to go to school, you can pass it down to the, the next child as well. Right now, I and this Coverdell Education Fund, you can do this, the same thing, but a Coverdell Education gives you more options. Because the 529 is normally age-specific that it moves around as they get closer to graduation. In the Coverdell, you have total flexibility to do whatever you want. However, the max you can do is 2000 a year uh, in, a, in, a, in a Coverdell education fund. So I normally set my clients up with the Coverdell first and then the 529 afterwards because it just gives you more flexibility. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I had no idea. I reached out... Um... Obviously, I, I I knew you. I just met you a couple of years ago, but I had this financial advisor. So I reached out to my financial advisor um, where I have my 529 with my son and the IRA. And I reached out to her and we've been playing phone tag back and forth. So I figured I got you on here. Why not ask? What's going on, family? This is Che Willis from Wealth as a Journey podcast. 
I don't know if you guys know, but I help families who are living paycheck to paycheck live the life that they want to live through budgeting and investing. If this is you or you know somebody, go to wealthisajourney.com to book a free discovery call to see if we're a good fit to work with each other for either budgeting or if you're a beginning if you're a beginner investor, um, again, you can book a free discovery call to see if we're a good fit to work with each other. Again, wealthisajourney.com, wealthisajourney.com. Let's get back to the episode. So, Kev, man, you've been you've been a wealth of knowledge, bro, and I, I definitely appreciate you you uh, coming on to the Wealth is a Journey podcast for the second time. Um, I do have a few more questions for you, and then I'm going to let you run because I know you're busy. Uh, my my one question is: Do you also in your package that you offer to clients? Do you also do estate planning as well, or is that something that you pass off to somebody else? Like uh, I pass that off to lawyers. I help them put it together. Um, okay. but that particular point, the legal aspect of it, you I can help them put like the investments together. But then the legal part of it, I I, I have them sit down with a lawyer. We have like a legal protection program that give you discount to go with the lawyer to put that put that that piece together. It's other other mistake that people make um, when it comes to investing, because they hear people say, if you get life insurance, you can invest at the same time. Biggest mistake we make, folks, is they sell you, you your own bank. How can you be your own bank if you can't regulate? And then they telling you, you can borrow some money from that, that insurance policy. Think about this. If you borrow that money, whose money are you borrowing? Your own. But yeah. if you borrow something, you got to do what? Pay it back. Pay it back. And if you got to pay it back, they're going to charge you what on top of that? Interest. interest. On whose money? Your yeah. own. Now, yeah. you probably thought that out loud. Does that make sense? Heck no. It gets even worse. If you don't pay it back, the death claim that you have, they subtract it from that for your beneficiaries because you didn't pay that money back. But whose money did you pay back? Yours. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Last but not least, it gets even worse. So they say in a commercial, wait, there's more. If you never touch the savings, if your death claim is 150, and let's say you saved up 100,000, now you die, your family have a decision to make. They can take the 150 or they can take the 100. Which one you think they're going to take? The 100, of course. Guess what happens to the, I mean, 150. Guess what happens to the 100,000? They keep it. So they're only giving your family 50,000 because 100 is your own money. That's not an investment, folks. Don't do it. That is deep. If you have it, make sure you contact myself or Shay. We can go over it and make sure you understand that you don't have what you think you have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and, and and I'm not a financial advisor. So if you contact me, I'm gonna pass you off to him. Okay. Just to just to let y'all know that. But <laughs> but uh I was just it, it's it's crazy that you brought that up because I'm I'm reading this book, uh Made Whole by uh Tiffany Alashe, uh with our entrepreneur group. And one thing that she said was uh, beware of um, doing whole life policies. And, and you hear about that as well, but you just don't know all the ins and outs of it. And from what she was saying is that you pay a lot of money to the, I guess, the broker. To the insurance company. You're, yeah, you're paying a ton of money to them and you can't use your money for at least two to three years or so. Sometimes so, five. Yeah, why not put that money into, um, you know, the S and P or Dow Jones or, or you know, the Russell, what you know, into the stock market, exactly, and, and, and just do it on your own as opposed to paying this person to borrow your own money. It just, it, it gets. It, matter of fact, if you think about it, like you said, three years down the road, you put all this money into this policy that they're telling you can borrow from. 
if you took that same money and put it in your pillowcase, you will have more money in your pillowcase than you have in that policy. Help me understand. I just don't get it. But yeah, stay away from those whole life, universal life, variable life, galactic life, anything that has a cash value to it, stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I appreciate that, man. I, I appreciate the clarity because I, I, like you, again, uh, you read it in books with uh, Dave Ramsey because he talked about it um, at length uh, in his books. And to hear somebody actually say why, and I read it in this book here, and she was basically saying the same thing. And then to hear you kind of confirm with with both of them were saying is uh, it's it's reassuring because I don't I don't have one. So, bro, so um, so we can we're gonna wrap up. I just have uh one last question for you, bro. Um, what is uh what does somebody need to work with you? Um, do they need a lot of money? Do they need hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, hundred? Like, what what do they need to? to work with you. If they like what you said today and they like, you know, I, I like this guy. I want to work with him. Like, what do they need? They can start as little as $25 a month. Shit. They don't need, you don't need, you don't, people, you don't need 50,000. Like you go with Edward Jones or uh, 250,000. If you go with Merrill Lynch, you can start as little as $25 a month. Start somewhere, right? Let's listen. If you're hungry, would you rather have a half a sandwich or no sandwich at all? A half. Let's start eating. Yeah. Let's start eating. <laughs> Let's go, man. Um, and yeah, anybody no, on this call, anybody who contact me through Shay, our consultation is totally free. We're not going to charge you anything. We just want to put you on the right path. Your wealth is a journey path to get you to where you want to go, right? Not just for you, but your family, your anybody you know that want to understand how money works, we're going to put you on the right path. Absolutely, man. And and um, I, I'm glad that you said the $25, man, because... Again, people think that you need hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest to make your money go this way. Like, no, you you don't need that. You you just get on base. You're not gonna hit a home run out of the out of the box. It's not gonna happen. Or it may happen, but it's not gonna happen consistently. Just consistently invest $25 here, $25. Well, $25 consistently. Just keep doing it over and over again. And then um you'll find other ways to invest, especially when you start seeing your money growing. Absolutely. You know, you know what? I don't need that cup of coffee now. That's right. I'll start investing $40 a month now or or $40 a week or whatever, whatever it is. But you start somewhere. I started very small. And then I, start, I started seeing results. I started thinking different. And then I started investing more and then in more and then more. Mm -hmm. And now my portfolio is growing, but it can't grow if you don't consistently invest. And if you don't know what you're doing, you've got somebody over here. Oh, you got myself that can point you in the right direction with budgeting. And then my man can show you where to invest. Absolutely. What vehicles to use and 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 get you started. So, um, Kev, thank you so much for, for being on here. And, hey, and you're quite again, welcome, man. It's always a pleasure. You are now a veteran. Yes, you sir. are a wealth is a journey vet. <laughs> I'm buying stock in this company. <laughs> 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 yeah, bro, sure. I, I definitely appreciate you man we got a we got a trip coming up man and I, I can't wait to chop it up with you and uh hit them links and uh and get some food and, and just and just build bro uh, absolutely it's, it's, do you want me to leave my number or you want them to contact me through you absolutely no i'm gonna I'm put your your information um in the in the description okay but if, if you want to say your number absolutely you feel feel oh, free no, it's gonna be in the description that's fine we're good okay. to go so they'll get a chance to read it uh, we're good. Anytime, any place, we got you. Just so make it happen. We're gonna make it fun.
Absolutely, That's my man. motto. So make sure you get with my man Kev. Um, uh, he's a he's a great dude, man. I, I always enjoy hanging out with him when we when we go golfing. Um, we just chop it up, man. He's a great dude. So if I'm endorsing him, get my man a look, man. Um, so thank you again so much for tuning into Wealth is a Journey. Start somewhere. It doesn't you you're not gonna hit a home run every time. Just just start somewhere, man. Twenty five dollars. whatever you have to start, just start and just do it consistently and you will see results. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in.